Hey, what's going on, Purpose Claremont? This is five minutes, just spending five minutes in our Bible reading plan for this week. Uh, something that stood out to me just a couple days ago was out of Numbers chapter 20. Uh, and starting in verse 2, uh, the, the people, the congregation, would be the multitude of hundreds of thousands of people, um, if not a couple million, are complaining to Moses because there's no water. And here's the thing. It's so easy to look at them and go, how dare you? How dare you question Moses? But I got to be honest. If I'm a dad and my kids haven't had something to drink all day and the next day we're not, there's still no water and and th- and I I know little ones when they're thirsty they don't they don't politely tell you I'm really thirsty but I understand it's a difficult time for you <laughs> they let you know and so but as a parent you just want your kids to have what they need right and so I get it I think I understand the people um, but they start complaining which is kind of what they normally did and so you get to verse two it says now there was no water for the congregation they assembled against Moses and Aaron. And they start, they start to quarrel. They start to fight with him. And they said this, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. So it's like, man, if we, if we had died with our brothers before us, that would have been so much better. And we've been reading, we've been reading about that in Numbers. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's referring back to Korah's rebellion, which just starts in uh, chapter 16. It's like, oh, if we died with them, it would have been better. And they go on. It says, why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? Now, here's the part. They forgot that their disobedience to God, they're not believing that God is going to bring them into the promised land, is actually what caused Moses to have to be with them in the wilderness. Moses did not lead them. They led Moses into the wilderness. Isn't it weird how we can start to blame everyone else when we forget our own failings? And so they forget that they're the ones that brought Moses and Aaron into the wilderness. Verse 5. And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place for grain or fig or vines or pomegranates. There's no water to drink. So then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance to the, to the I'm sorry, to the entrance of the tent of Median and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And this is what I love about it. They have people come up against them, and the first thing they thought is, we need to pray. We need to pray. And so they go to the Lord. They don't start, they don't jump in the fight. They don't quarrel. They don't get in people's faces. They go to God and they pray. What if we did that? What if we slowed down instead of, instead of reacting because we're not going to lose? What if we slowed down long enough to ask the Lord, God, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to say? Am I wrong? Show me where I'm wrong. And God answers him. says this, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron and your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. Friends, I got to be honest. If God told me, I want you to stand in front of everyone and I want you to take your staff. And you're like, can you imagine Moses going, yep, I've seen this before. I want you to take your staff and I want you to go and I want you to go talk to that rock. And I want you to tell that rock to let water out. I'm going to send some water. I'm going to be honest. If I got to stand in front of hundreds of thousands of people, if not a couple million people and talk to a rock to make water come out, not, I'm not jacked up about that. I'm going to feel like an idiot. So, But Moses goes. So he grabs his staff and he walks over there and Verse 10, jump down to verse 10. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear now, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of the rock? Shall we bring it? He's saying, shall we do it? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly and, and the congregation drank and their livestock. But notice God's response. You look at verse 12. He, looks at, he said to Moses and to Aaron, because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. That one thing kept Moses and Aaron from going in to experience the promised land. One thing. 
One thing, we sit there and go, come on, God, like give him a break. It's been a long day. It's been a long time. Friends, God is holy. And here's the thing. Moses had seen God split red, split the Red Sea. He'd seen him do all the plagues. He'd seen, him, he'd seen him come through so many times. Why this one time did Moses feel the need to hit the rock as if it was him, as if he did it? But also he was showing the people. Well, actually, he was showing God. The people had no clue. He was showing God, I don't believe you. God knew the intention of his heart. Friends, I do not want to be kept out of what God has promised, what God has set up. I don't want God to do the miraculous. I don't want God to do just what I don't want him to do the incredible things he wants to do in spite of my, in spite of me not obeying him. I don't want him, I don't want to disobey him and him still work and then look at me and go, man, you missed it. I want God to work because I'm obedient. What about you? Let's be obedient to the things that God wants us to be obedient. Guys, I hope that's a blessing. I hope it's a challenge. Love you guys more than you know. Down to five minutes and we'll see you later.